Welcome to The Rot Focus, a podcast for writers, newbies, and veterans, and everyone in between. We're hosted by M.A. Lee, with the assistance of Remy Black and Edie Runes, all from Writers, Inc. Books. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Each episode lasts as long as it takes to fix a quick dinner, grab a short commute, or take a brisk walk. Resources and links are in the show notes. Visit us at therockfocus.blogspot.com. Now, on to this week's episode. Plot Structures for the Masses As long as writers have been trying to sell successful stories, we've been sharing that information with other writers. Those classifications have entered the mainstream, for some are taught at seminars and in courses as if these are the way to write stories. These are not the way to write stories. They are ways to examine the art of storytelling using common terms. Plot Necessity While all plots have the three basic sections of beginning, middle, and end, to make a claim that the sequence of scenes and sequels are only beginning, middle, and end is too reductive. To practice theme and conflict and the special approaches and yet do nothing more is to lock up the writer's pantry and refuse to add cocoa powder to the chocolate cake recipe. Plot is the series of events that form the narrative story defined for us by dictionary.com in the introduction. Plot may seem to rocket from one scene to the next, blasting action caused by the conflict, subsequent scenes linked by theme. Here's the key. All action is intended to cause and reveal the growth of character. That character is usually the central focus, although writers are well known for breaking rules and having the focal character as a mere side character. The central character in The Great Gatsby is Gatsby, but it's the narrating Nick who grows, just as we the audience grow. Shakespeare may title his play The Tragedy of Julius Caesar, but he kills Caesar off in Act 3 and tracks the downward slide of Brutus and the upward chaotic spiral of Mark Antony. Heathcliff never grows, but he causes growth in the second generation Wuthering Heights characters. All the action that occurs in the stories is designed to bring about that growth. The clearest growth occurs from self-sacrifice, and the greatest sacrifice is lost through a death. How do we writers get to that sacrifice? Is it in the beginning, the middle, the end? For Call of the Wild, writer Jack London puts sacrifice in all three sections of his seven-chapter novella. So does Emily Bronte in Wuthering Heights. So does Shakespeare for more plays than simply Julius Caesar. How do we know where to insert the sacrificial moment for its greatest impact on readers? Well, that moment for the readers occurs at the sacrificial moment for our focal character. Show the protagonist's sacrifice, the protagonist's growth, or the focal character's growth, and the reader is right there with them. So we know that we're going to add sacrifice to our stories, at least one in each section. Each sacrificial moment will cause character growth. But where do we stick it? 
in the very opening scene, two scenes beyond, at the 50% mark of the story, 20 pages from the end? Where? Remember those scenes and sequels? Those are grouped into the story parts, ones that are more specific than beginning, middle, end. These have been classified for years, for centuries, for millennia. Basic Beats Structure Aficionados of National Novel Writing Month and similar large group writing endeavors are proponents of the three-act or four-act novel structure known as beat sheets. The three-act structure, or four, is known for pinch points that force protagonists to deal with dilemmas. The beats also dictate page counts. Although the chart will claim approximate at the top of the column, most writers stress out when they don't meet the column totals exactly. The opening hook, called an inciting incident, needs to run for 79 pages with the protagonist's choice on page 80. That's pretty specific. Act 2 contains the pinch points defined as events that add more conflict to the original problem with the crisis, shades of a drama-based structure, occurring around page 275 or close to three-quarters of the story mark, which is 75%. The beat structure is like Linus's security blanket. It serves so well that it's hard to release when we no longer need it. Writer Jamie Gold offers several resources for writers at a site that I will link to in the show notes. Here are the pros of the beat structure. Each part of a book is its own story structure with all parts interconnected. Prior to writing the first paragraph of the story, writers know the basic outline of the entire story and knowing direction speeds up the writing. Faster writing keeps the writer engaged. Here are the cons of the beat structure. The pitch points can be abrupt and lacking in logical buildup. We don't have to know the exact pinch point that is coming but we writers need to develop the steps to the point, not just launch into it because an outside force dictates the midpoint is page 200. Stories are living and organic. As it develops on page, the story may demand character changes. Writers clinging to the security net of the beat structure may not want to abandon it in order to follow the merry path down which the writers are dancing. And faster writing can burn out a writer. A balance between story and speed is as constant as weeding the summertime garden. Growth has to occur. The wrong growth can ruin the fertile story vines. Finally, the last con. When the focus is words or page count rather than the story's progression, writers may script where expansion is necessary or stretch where rapid pacing is required. With the flaws in the basic beats structure, writers would be well served to work in one ancient structure that completes those logical missteps and creates a stronger angst for characters. The earliest person to examine story structure and offer to writers of his time and to us was Aristotle. Hey, don't diss him because he's thousands of years old. What he discovered about plot still holds true today. Wise writers study from multiple sources. 
Aristotle's Plot Requirements. One of the first people who attempted to understand and explain the art of storytelling was Aristotle, a philosopher of ancient Greece. He's a really old guy who taught Alexander the Great, who came before the ancient Romans, who came before the Middle Ages and the Crusades, who came before Shakespeare and the Renaissance, and therefore came before the Industrial Revolution and the advent of our modern age. Aristotle examined the best Greek dramas and came up with five plus one thing that every drama should have. He had a list of other things as well, the types of characters and dramas, what protagonists should be, and more. But we'll focus only on what he says about plot. In my book, Old Geeky Greeks, I have a whole chapter on Aristotle. One. Every plot should imitate reality as close as possible. Mimesa. Aristotle believed in the mythological Greek gods, so their intervention in human life was accepted as reality. We modern writers obey this dictate of Aristotle when we attempt to create verisimilitude in our stories. People behave realistically and consistently. Actions have a basis in reality, or we create a setting that makes the altered reality acceptable. 2. Life is filled with irony. The difference between what we expect and what actually occurs. We know that all that glitters is not gold, and that appearance is far different from reality. Aristotle called this peripatia. The lessons of irony in expectation versus appearance have to be learned every year. The greatest irony in Aristotle is that our greatest antagonist is within us. 3. In Aristotle's view, character growth is strongest when the protagonist causes his own downfall. He is high on a pedestal, thinking that nothing can bring him down. Then comes the knowledge that a past action has unanticipated repercussions. More irony. The protagonist's own personality trait calls that past action. This is his tragic flaw, his hamartia, or hamartia. When the protagonist thought himself above fate, or chance, or the gods, that is a special tragic flaw called hubris. Many people arrogantly think their actions will not have repercussions. They shoplift in front of store cameras. They speed without their seatbelts. They talk behind their boss's back. They share what their spouse wants kept private. When they never consider consequences, all of those are examples of hubris. The Greek gods don't have to get involved. The old girlfriend will take her keys to his truck and solve the problem of his hubris. For when they come tumbling down, these repercussions cause catastrophe. Scenes that are fun to write unless we are personally cringing along with our characters. And five. The final point for Aristotle, and for the Latin poet Horace as well, is engagement and recognition by the audience of the catastrophic events. Horace says that stories should entertain us and enlighten us. Gee, can he believe Yuri was mere steps away from his lost love when he died? I cried so much at the end of Dr. Zhivago. Yuri should have kept looking for her no matter what. Aristotle called his emotional and intellectual engagement Catharsis. The Greeks are all downfall and doom in their storytelling with only the gods escaping 
tragic consequences to their actions and decisions. To read a Greek story or play is to see a character's fiery zenith end in an ashy heap when they burn out. Hercules, Perseus, Orpheus, Achilles, they all attain doom. Achilles knows his doom awaits. He can choose only how he wants his name to be remembered after his death. The women face the same doom, Cassandra, Antigone, Electra. All are doomed. A few stories have bright endings. For the majority, though, while their flights are spectacular, dusty death comes for all, and a few are scary examples for us, Medea, for example. Aristotle's plot requirements offer to us modern writers key elements for character depth and the all-important remembrance that plot serves character development, not the other way around. Here are the pros for Aristotle. First, we consider the whole story, which is grounded firmly in reality. Second, the focus is on the irony that controls much of life as well as the expectations destroyed by reality. Our own flaws lead to our downfall, especially our arrogant pride, including the belief that evil, whatever that is, won't happen to me. Fourth, we see other people who have equally disastrous flaws, and the antagonist is within us, rather than a clearly defined exterior force. Here are three major cons for Aristotle. We consider the whole story. We writers need the individual scenes, especially when we need guidance to know the next scene to write. Second, Hamartia and Hubris lead to catastrophes and rarely achieve triumphant resolutions, otherwise known as a happily ever after ending. This overarching plot structure is appropriate for modern and postmodern absurdism and nihilism, but not the books that I personally want to write. Finally, the last and biggest con, lack of an antagonist as an external force necessitates delving deeply into character motivations. While this can be great, we writers find ourselves exploring the causes of the worst of human behavior, which can lead to writer depression. What do writers want to know about plot? What do writers need to know about plot? The right focus is taking a comprehensive view of plot, the structure that develops characters, genre expectations, major story structures, pacing, tension, suspense. We cover it all in this series entitled Discovering Your Plot from M.A. Lee's Guidebook of the Same Name. Writers will discover unexpected insights and methods that deepen their understanding of this major craft in the storytelling world. Thanks for listening to The Right Focus, a podcast for writers at all levels, hosted by M.A. Lee from Writers, Inc. Books, assisted by Remy Black and Edie Runes. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Music is licensed through Audio Jungle called Background Music Loop. Its creator is Alexander Polishchuk, known on Audio Jungle as Plastic 3. The music comes in different iterations. 
Show notes and resource links for this and other episodes can be found at therightfocus.blogspot.com. Write to us at winkbooks at aol.com when you have questions, comments, and speculations. We will try to answer you as quickly as possible. By the way, we will not mind your email address. That's rude. If you find value in our content, share with your writing friends or write a review. We're small beans here without the advertising budget of the big peeps, and you can make a difference. And whatever occurs, right on.